You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 174. The issue of consistency, whether you're blogging or doing videos for YouTube or doing a podcast, it's in the consistency that will begin to create your connection with your audience. If you sporadically put things out, you know, you go every other week and then you go once a month and then you go once every three months, you're not going to create the kind of reliability that your audience is looking for. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. I'm thrilled that you've joined us again today as we continue our exploration of different strategies, tools, and resources, whether that's around business building, skill building, getting clarity around how we want to bring value to our client population. All those are different things that we explore each and every week on the Star Coach Show. And today I am going to follow up with some questions that I've received around my podcast journey. Now, if you listen to last week's show, we featured Tiffany Toombs, and Tiffany talked about how she built her business from zero income to over six figures in 12 months. And a key portion of that was creating content that was valuable to her target market. Now, in today's show, while I completely understand that not all of you are necessarily inclined to putting together a podcast, the messages that I'm sharing or some of the information that I'm sharing would be helpful for you, whether you're thinking about putting together a blog or sharing articles or meaningful posts to your audience to be able to create that value that attracts people to you that build your expertise in a particular market. I've just happened to chose a podcast to be able to do that, but the messages are the same. Now, podcasts as a whole are an increasingly popular format to bring consistent content to our audience. And it has just exploded in the last, I'd say, five years, it has exploded. When I was first thinking about doing a podcast, it must have been about six or seven years ago. And at that time, the market wasn't as full as it is now. So one of the things to think about in this much bigger ocean that we're swimming in, where there's networks that are taking advantage of podcasts and celebrity personalities and people with really well-established platforms, is to be aware that if this is something that you choose to do, you want to be super clear about the audience that you're reaching to and what is important to them, what message you want to share with them. You'll be far more likely to make a name for yourself when you're clear about the niche that you're reaching, about the audience that you're trying to reach and what they need to learn so that you can consistently bring them content and begin 
to build a name with them. Now, in interest of your time, I understand that if we were to go over everything about podcasts, it would take days. And we have about 30 minutes to play with here. So I'm going to give you an overview of my own journey into podcasting and some of the choices that I've made. If you're truly interested in doing a podcast, I can recommend one of two courses. I'm sure there's more courses out there. These are just the two courses that I'm most familiar with. One is John Lee Dumas's course, Podcaster's Paradise, that gives a deep dive into everything podcasting. Or Pat Flynn's course that you can find under smartpassiveincome.com. Both of these gentlemen take you by the hand and lead you through podcasting. So I can recommend either of those courses. And I'll put links for those in today's show notes. But let's do sort of a dive into the walk that I did through creating this podcast. And as I mentioned, whether you're going to do a podcast or some other consistent content to your audience, this information I think will be helpful to you. So as I mentioned, we're going to create a bigger impact when we're clear about the audience that we're reaching out to. And that's going to be whether you're creating a product or whether you're creating articles or whether you're creating a particular coaching program. We want to be certain who is the audience that we're reaching out to. And when you think about getting clarity here, you want to create clarity around that optimal client for you and build a story around that person. For the Star Coach podcast, I have a plethora of listeners and I adore all of my listeners, but I had to think about what is it that I created the show around? Who was I thinking about? And I was primarily thinking about people who were new to coaching and were in that place of trying to decide how do I build my confidence and my competence as a coach and figure out how to build my business and how I reach my ideal client. So this is sort of the story I painted around my ideal client. I'm going to read my ideal client statement to you, and then we'll talk about how that influences my show. So my ideal client avatar for the Star Coach show is a 40-year-old business HR professional. I called her Sarah who had just received her coaching credential after she spent a year juggling her family, school, and her full-time job. She had very little time to think about her venturing out as an entrepreneur. She intends to work in her organization for another six to 12 months while she builds her coaching business. And while she loves coaching, the thought of approaching prospective clients paralyzes her And that creates doubt about her ability to fill her calendar with clients. And she's not even certain about how many clients she wants to have. Everything is so new to her when she thinks about being an entrepreneur. While she's extremely confident in her performance and expertise in the field of human resources, she worries that she won't have that same level of confidence in a coaching business because she feels too new and green with this new skill set. So she doesn't even know where to begin in building her confidence and her marketing ideas. She keeps thinking, how am I going to build a business? What resources can I trust? 
Now, one of the things that Sarah is really missing is that she so appreciated being a part of a group of coaches while she was going through training in her certification program, but now that's over. And she's concerned that coaching is going to be put on the back burner and she's going to lose momentum. And she also wonders whether she's going to feel isolated as a solopreneur. What Sarah really wants is to be clear about her steps forward, to learn from trusted resources, to connect with other coaches, and to build the coaching business of her dreams. So that is my write-out of my ideal client avatar for the Star Coach Show. So you might think, well, what happens? While I might meet a lot of the things about Sarah, maybe I'm a man listening and not a woman. Maybe I've been a coach longer than that. I've been a coach five years and I still enjoy listening to the show. Well, that's the, the key thing. Sometimes we think if we get really clear about who our ideal client is, that we're leaving out everybody else. What getting clear about our ideal client does is helps us make choices about the content that you're going to bring forward. And while you are getting crystal clear about that ideal avatar, that doesn't mean that other people are not going to be attracted to that. I am thrilled to say that my star coach audience, it consists of coaches that have been coaches for over 20 years, for coaching students who are still in a program, for people who are considering whether they want to go into coaching at all, for sometimes people who are not even coaches listen to the show because they're attracted to the topics. The purpose of creating an ideal client is so that you can target your content, your posts about marketing about what you have created, that you can send it out there. And then everyone who's attracted to that message comes back to you. So the very first thing that I'm going to recommend, if you're thinking about creating quality content, is that you get really clear about the audience that you're creating that content for. The second piece that I had to consider when I was thinking about starting the podcast, beyond who my ideal client was, was what message do they need to hear? What is it about this audience? So I pointed out in talking about Sarah that she wanted reliable resources. She wanted to build her confidence. She wanted to build her business. She wanted to be able to stay connected with coaching. All of those things were on my mind when I created the Star Coach Podcast. And then I had to think about how did I kind of lay that out? And I can tell you, I was on a call with an accountability partner. We were thinking through ideas and I was jotting, like scribbling down as we were talking. I thought, well, I want to bring different strategies forward. I want to bring different tools and resources. And lo and behold, if it didn't write out star right in front of me. And I got so excited that you know, if this is what I want to bring, I want to help coaches connect with strategies, tools, and resources. Well, then that's how I got my name for the show. Then I had to decide how often can I commit to doing this show. And what I will tell you is that the issue of consistency, whether you're blogging or doing videos for YouTube or doing a podcast, It's in the consistency that will begin to create your connection with your audience. If you sporadically put things out, you know, you go 
every other week, and then you go once a month, and then you go once every three months, you're not going to create the kind of reliability that your audience is looking for. So what is a reliable schedule that you can commit to? Weekly, twice a month, some podcasters do a seasonal where they do maybe six months of podcasts, and then they take a break, but they put it out as a seasonal podcast. You have to make a decision about what can you commit to. Now, I will tell you that sometimes I think to myself, oh, doing a weekly podcast is so much extra on top of seeing my clients and teaching and mentoring, but it's a commitment that I made and I am super glad that I did because even though there are some weeks where it feels a little overwhelming as a whole, if I can get to a place where I bunch them together and do them in blocks, that's very helpful. I mean, there's just some strategies that you can do to make that easier for yourself. My main point on this one is choose a time frame and stick to it. So it's fine if your time frame is once a month because people will get used to it's once a month. If it's once every other week, then it's once every other week. If it's a weekly, then make it weekly. So the key thing there is consistency. And then I would encourage you to get really clear about your reason for doing whatever you do. So if you're doing a podcast, get really clear about what's your motivation for that. What's the desired result? Because it's going to take time and it's going to take resources and your return on investment may not be immediate. So determine whether it's worth it to you. I know that when I was interviewing editing teams, one in particular said to me, how are you going to create value for yourself from this? Because it will get old fast if you're not clear about the value. And I would 100% agree with that for all of you. Get really clear. My reason for doing the podcast was that I wanted to connect with people like Sarah. I wanted to give the resource for them to continue beyond credentialing. I wanted to bring value to the coaching community. I wanted to be certain that the students that I work with, that the other coaches that I work with had a resource that could really bring value to them. And I will tell you that over this th almost three years that I've done the podcast, the return on my investment may not be an immediate link, but it's been worth it for me. However, if I wasn't clear about what it was that motivated me to do this, I might not have continued when it felt overwhelming or, or that it was, you know, difficult to, to make ends meet or to get all the pieces together. However, having that motivation was definitely helpful in me continuing the podcast every single week. So when you think about your, uh, just to recap, sort of the, the foundational pieces to think about are, What's the topic? What's the audience that you're bringing that topic to? And what's your motivation? What's your drive for doing this? As well as how can you commit to a schedule? So what's the schedule that you're committing to in bringing this value to your audience? Now, there's other things to think about when you're thinking about bringing forward a podcast. 
some of the things you want to consider is, is this going to be a solo show? Is it something that you are bringing content individually each time that you come forward and it's going to be a solo show where you're talking about the topic and that's sort of the platform? Or maybe you want to do it with some other people where you and a group of people get together and talk about a particular topic together. So you've got co-hosts and you are sharing that content with your audience. You're just talking about whatever the topic is. Is it going to be an interview format? Much like most of the Star Coach show is an interview format where I bring someone onto the show to share their expertise with you and I interview them. You might do a combination where, and, and I do that, where sometimes I do a solo show like today and other times I bring a guest forward. There are many different ways that you might consider bringing your information forward, but as a whole, you want to decide what's going to be the, the way that I structure my show. You also have to decide, are you going to do an all audio podcast? Are you going to offer a video podcast? I made a decision to do an audio podcast because I felt like people would want to listen while they were driving or while they were walking or exercising. And that's basically what I've heard to be true. I do, however, 99% of the time record my interviews on video. Now, the vast majority of you only hear the audio. But if I'm with a guest, I'm going to do it on video so that I can use the video to promote the show, use the video in different ways. And I have that video content in case something comes up that, that I think that it would be a good way to use it to bring additional value to my audience. So while the vast majority of my audience only hears the audio, I make a choice to record my interviews on video. Now, I use a Zoom platform, but you can use any platform that works for you. I just find that Zoom works really, really well for me. And I'll get to that in a second because I sort of jumped ahead by saying that. You also have to decide what's the length of the show that you want to do. Early on, I decided that I wanted to do 30 to 45 minutes tops. And I certainly have gotten feedback on both. A, you know, oh, I wish it was even longer. When it ends, I want it to be even longer. And then I've also heard, you know, that 30 to 40 minutes is key and it's perfect for my commute or it's perfect for my workout or my walk. So that was intentional on my part to choose a shorter time frame. I know some podcasts are over an hour. I thought the sweet spot for my audience might be 30 to 45 minutes. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from from my listeners that that works really, really well for them. As I mentioned, when I came up with how my podcast was named, I did some brainstorming around that. I wrote some things down. I came up with Star Coaches. But you want to decide, you know, what's going to be the name of your podcast? And can you find a URL to match that? So to get a website name to match your podcast is probably key. And those are all things that you want to think about when you're thinking about creating. You can even think about this if you're creating a blog or creating a video series. You know, what's the name and how are you going to, how are you going to represent that with a name? You want to think about the expenses that go along with a podcast. You might choose a designer to design your podcast cover. 
and how much you want to spend on that. What is going to be the design of your podcast cover? So when you submit a podcast to the podcast platforms, you have a artwork that represents your podcast. And many of those have the person's picture on them. I'm actually thinking about redoing the Star Coach podcast cover the artwork to represent the show actually with a picture of me on it as well. Right now, I just have artwork as the the cover, but those are different things that you need to think about and have designed and think about how you want to be able to pay for that, what kind of expense you're willing to put into that. There's editing, whether you're going to edit yourself or whether you're going to hire somebody to do your editing. I thought that I was going to do my own editing turned out to be way beyond that's just not my genius work. I decided that it made more sense to spend money where my genius work wasn't to hire somebody that that was their genius work. And even within that, you can hire somebody to just do the sound editing and you can do your show notes. So that's the other thing you want to think about. How do I want to do my show notes? Show notes are the notes that go along with each episode that tell people what is in that episode. I happen to hire a team that does my editing and my show notes. You might choose to do your show notes and your own editing. You might choose to split that up. You might choose to have those things done for you. So there's many decisions to make when you're doing a podcast about what you want to do yourself and what you want to hire other people to do. Some people hire, if they're doing an interview show, they hire people to get guests for their show or to be guests on show. So when you're a podcast owner, you might get lots of emails asking you if you're interested in having somebody be on your show. With that, if you're doing an interview show, I encourage you to be thinking about what are the standards that I have for the guests that I bring to my audience? Who do I want to introduce my audience to? I felt very strongly that the reason why I'm doing my show is to introduce my audience to really strong, trusted resources. Therefore, I'm very particular about who I introduce my audience to. You'll want to think about if I do an interview show, who am I bringing onto the show? So we've talked about the fact that you have to make a decision about who you're doing your show for, what's the message that they want to hear, being really clear about your reason for doing it, and how you are setting up your show in the format, the length, audio versus video, how you're naming your podcast and whether there's a URL that matches that, and expenses. What kinds of resources do you want to put into your show? We've talked about designers and editing, the hosting platform. There's many different hosting platforms, things like Buzzsprout, Libsyn, Simplecast. Originally, when I started my podcast, and it's actually this way still right now while I'm making some changes, I went into a website program that would host both my website and my podcast. So those were put together. That was called Podcast Websites, and I will have a link for that as well if, so, if you're interested in kind of having it all in a one-stop shop. So there's lots of different things to consider in how you are 
hosting. Now, if you're thinking, well, what does hosting mean? Well, what that means is that while you're creating your content, you actually have to upload it into some hosting platform that can connect it with places like Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio and Google Play and Spotify, all the different platforms. You have to actually have your podcast hosted somewhere. So when you make a decision about where you're going to host it, one of the things you might consider is the expense that goes along with that hosting site. Another thing that you want to think about when you think about expenses is, you know, how much do you want to spend each month to do a podcast? And that might impact your schedule of how often you want to do one. So a weekly podcast is obviously more of an expense to have edited and hosted than twice monthly podcast or a once a month podcast. So those are all things that you might think about. If I did a podcast every single day, like John Lee Dumas does, then that would be even a bigger expense. So those are the kinds of things that you want to think about when you think about how you want to bring your content forward. Other expenses in considering, well, just in general, decisions, maybe not just even expenses, but decisions are things like, how do you want to create the flow of a podcast? The flow of this podcast is that I do a lead in, you're listening to, and then a soundbite of some piece of value within the upcoming interview. And then I have a professionally done intro to the show that I hired a voice, I bought music, I wrote a script and had that put together. I will say that I think that podcasts are moving away from doing it that way. And I might not always do it that way. But that is a little intro that kind of describes what the show is. And then we go into my introduction, then the interview, and then the outro. Those are, that's the flow that I've set up for this show. You've got to decide what's the flow that you want to set up for your show as well. Once you make these decisions and you kind of have an idea of what your show is going to look like, and if it's interviews, you've started reaching out to people and asking them if they are interested in being on your show. And that's one of the things to think about as well. At first, it's more of an uphill battle in like you're trying to convince people to be on your show because it's a new show and they might not know about it and people's time is limited. There's some people who are willing to be on a podcast regardless. And then there's other people who are really more selective about the podcast that they're on. So they might only be on podcasts that are really well established. But those are all things that you need to consider in your time frame and how you're going to choose guests, how you're going to reach out to guests, if in fact you're doing an interview platform like I do. My interviews are done on the Zoom platform, like I mentioned earlier, where my guest and I explore a topic and then I schedule the release date based upon the schedule that I have, based upon what my guest needs to have happen. So those are all different things to think about when you're creating your show. So obviously, I need a computer to record my interviews. I need a microphone. 
And if you're interested in the specific microphone that I choose to use or different, a different, you know, a headset that I can recommend, feel free to drop me an email at meg at a focus on results.com. And I'm happy to share that information. I don't know that it makes sense to say it in the sound right here, but those are all things that you want to consider when you are, you know, when you're starting out, you don't need to buy a $500 microphone to do the podcast. What I have noted is that if you're doing an interview podcast, at first I wasn't as forthright with my guests about them having a good headset or microphone because I was just so grateful that they were on the show. But as the show gets more well-known, as I have more episodes under my belt, I'm more willing to say to my guests, I really encourage you to have either a microphone or even earbuds make it better than just using your external speakers. So those are all things that you want to consider. If you think about a podcast, the key thing about a podcast is solid sound. And if the sound isn't good, then I'm doing a disservice to you, my listener. So in general, when, and you know, as I'm thinking about my journey into podcasting, I made a decision that I wanted to do the podcast to be able to reach people who might be feeling isolated or they're finishing their training and I wanted them to have a continued resource moving forward. I wanted to get clear about who my audience was and create consistent content for them. So I hope that exploring just a few of these elements of things to think about as you are creating consistent content for your audience. And in this situation, through a podcast, I hope that was helpful to you. Send me your questions. Let me know what else you would like to know. I can always do a follow-up show to this. You can reach me at meg at a focus on results.com. That content will also be in my show notes at starcoachshow.com for episode 174. I want to thank you for taking time to be with me here on the Star Coach Show this week. Be sure to come back next week where I am interviewing executive coach John Sigmund on how to engage with an organization and get their interest if you want to do executive coaching in their company. Different ways to use assessments. He was brought so much information about his time as an HR professional and what got his attention when he was approached by executive coaches. Super good information. Can't wait to share that with you. So you've got to come back next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rate and review at Apple Podcasts so that more coaches will find our show. Subscribe and never miss a show. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic day.